ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. G'day, I'm Matt Brand. A lot of Indian sandalwood trees in northern Australia look set to get the chop, with Quintus, the world's largest Indian sandalwood company, announcing that it will wind up all of its managed investment scheme projects. Now, this decision will affect around 4,000 hectares of its plantations, mostly in the Kimberley's Audio Irrigation Scheme, but also in the Northern Territory. And the decision follows an independent assessment which found the schemes were simply not financially viable and would have cost investors more than $30 million to complete. Richard Henfrey, he is the chief executive of Quintus. He spoke to Alice Marshall. Yes, so um, the responsible entity for the MIS schemes is a company called Sandalwood Properties Limited. Sandalwood Properties is a subsidiary of Quintus, but it operates independently with an independent board. Uh, and the important thing to note about, about the responsible entity is that its job is to look after the interests of the growers, which is why the independence of the board is, is, um, is important. So I'm a director of Sandalwood Properties, uh, and the, the rest of the board is two independent non-executive directors. And between the three of you, you have lodged an application with the Supreme Court of WA to wind up the TFS 2007 to 2016 Sandalwood projects. Can you just explain to me in in what context is wind up? What does that mean? Yeah, so the, the the issue with the schemes is that the there are just there's just too much supply and the market hasn't been able to absorb the increases in supply that we've had over the last um, couple of years. Uh, and I, you, you and I, Alice, have talked before about the the decline in price in the in the MIS tenders uh, over over the last few years. Um, so we uh, have had some concerns about the viability of the MIS schemes. Uh, in a in an environment where the the future increase in supply is is very significant. So if you think back 15 years ago when these plantations were established, um, there were just far too many trees planted. So the board of the responsible entity has had concerns about the viability of the schemes, and as a result of those concerns, we appointed KPMG to effectively do a viability assessment, um, an independent assessment. Uh, to form an opinion on whether the schemes uh, should should be continued or, or, or shouldn't be. Uh, KPMG's uh, opinion that we received last week uh, was that the that the none of the schemes are viable and they should therefore all be all be wound up. Um, as I mentioned, the RE has to act in the interests of the investors, um, and in fact, the interests of the investors are best served by the winding up because that means there'll be no further costs to bear. Uh, and in fact, in some of the schemes, there's some there's some funds in escrow for investors that will be returned will be returned to investors if we, if we wind them up. So there's 2.5 million escrowed to investors from 2012 to the 2016 schemes. What about those investors in the 2007 to 2011 schemes? So there's no there's no funds held in escrow for those investors, but the wind up will mean that there's no further cost to pay. Uh, if we didn't wind the schemes up and they went through to harvest, there'd be very significant harvest costs, uh, sales and marketing costs, land remediation costs, um, and further lease and management costs uh, for the for the investors to pay. 
So even though there's no return of funds from those schemes, uh, it's certainly um, KPMG's view and our view that those schemes are, um, those investors are better off in the wind-up situation. And are we talking here about all of Quintus's MIS projects? So yes, effectively, um, uh, the, the, the schemes that we're looking at, the 20, 2007 through to 2016, is all of the remaining MIS projects, yes. And I'm reading a 2018 ABC News article here about the recapitalization of Quintus. Mm. It's saying that Quintus will honour all of its agreements with managed investment scheme investors and by doing that, 200 employees will keep their jobs. Will there be significant job losses with this news? No, we don't expect so. Um, so there are, uh, we, we use third-party contractors for the majority of the operational activity in the Valley. Um, so obviously we have some negotiations to be done with those guys. We still have a significant plantation estate that will need to be need to be managed. So we're not seeing any um, significant reduction in staff. Um, clearly the estate will be smaller. We'll be looking for opportunities to to um, to find efficiencies in our business. Um, but that number of two hundred employees, which is about the about the total number of employees of, of Quintus, uh, that's that's about where we are today, and, and I don't see that changing significantly. Here, where I'm sitting in the Ord Valley, Sandalwood has just been a key part of the Kununurra community for so long, supporting so many families in the process. What do you think the mood will be on the back of this announcement? Look, there's no doubt in my mind that this is a um, this is a disappointing uh, announcement. It's a disappointing day. Uh, I think Sandalwood has a role to play. We still we're still optimistic that the market um, can be developed and that there's a you know, significant demand for the processed products that we we sell around the world. So we believe that Sandalwood still has a role to play in the you know, broad, broadly in the in the north of Australia. And I expect there'll be Sandalwood in the valley for for you know a long time to come. I think what we're just seeing is the implications of of the extent to which um, the the size of the plantations just grew uh, out of all out of all proportion um, in in the early days of of planting. So I think we should look at this as a as a leveling um, a leveling event. The the, the sandalwood estate in Kananara and, uh, and and across across our estate anyway will be a bit smaller. Um, but I think there's a uh, sustainable and ongoing sort of core business in here that's actually reasonably reasonably attractive and still has some challenges to get through. But um, you know we're we're pretty committed to to going forward and developing that. Um, with the remainder of the estate, we expect to be a little bit more flexible, so we'll be able to match better supply and demand. And if uh, you know if if demand's weak and price is weak, we will have the option. It'll cost us or our, or our investors, but we'll have the option to delay harvest on some of our some of our produce um, to to try and manage to try and manage that um, a little bit better than we can in the MIS structure. So I think um, what you will see is a maturing of the of the market um, and an ability for you know ourselves and and other other owners of sandalwood um, to make more commercial decisions about how much produce is harvested when and how it's taken the market. That is Richard Henfrey, who is the chief executive of Quintus. So as mentioned, around 4,000 hectares of Indian sandalwood trees, which were set up and funded through managed investment schemes, have been deemed unviable. 
and Quintus has decided to bring down the axe. Now, this will mostly affect the ore irrigation scheme in the Kimberley, and you'll hear from a grower in the Ord very soon. In the Northern Territory, I'm told this decision affects 120 hectares in the Douglas Daly region, which is only 3.5% of Quintus's total footprint in the Northern Territory. A lot of the NT plantations were set up after the Ord plantings, and we're not funded via that MIS model. Sam Patton is an agricultural valuer and consultant, and he has followed the MIS story for years. Sam, for our audience, can you simply explain Manage Investment Schemes and how they work? Well, Manage Investment Schemes, there's a responsible entity who takes the money from investors and then they're going to um, develop the whole scheme and for all intents and purposes, the investor is totally passive. And the idea was that this will achieve an outcome which will, um, at its best, the way it was promoted, give a tax benefit and also in these tree schemes where you've got a long lead time between growth and uh, planting and maturity, uh, it was a sort of, a, in inverted commas, uh, some superannuation for investors. So it was promoted as a, du- a twofold benefit to mums and dads investors. And one of the things that also struck us about managed investment schemes when we first talked with insolvency practitioners was that there was nothing in writing about what happens if the scheme goes, get, get, you know, falls on hard times. For example... Um, some companies were leasing land, freehold land, and there was never any uh, thing in writing in these MIS documents about if the responsible entity can no longer pay the rent, uh, what happens? That well, went well, to the High yeah, Court. Right. So just on that, Sam, I know of growers yeah. in the audio irrigation scheme who have leased land to Quintus. That land yes. is now filled with Indian sandalwood trees, which we learn now really don't have a viable market. W- yeah. Where is that grower today? What do they do? Well, that's a very good question because the the only issue where there was something, say, in a southern temperate property where there might be some value left, um, the landlord um, freehold owner went to court ultimately to find out because they were just in a freeze there was just this standoff and they were told well yeah it's your it's reverts back to you as the landlord because the responsible entity can't pay the rent so they're in default but in the worst case scenario the landowner has to clean up the plantation as it stands if it's not viable at their own cost and so so there, could be, there could be some lawyers heading towards Kununurra and the Northern Territory soon then? I would be backing that in, yes, yes. So we've seen Quintus now winding up all of its MIS projects. Back in the day, we saw the collapse of Timbercorp, Rewards, Great Southern, the list goes on. Are there any MISs left in this nation? I don't think so because I think Wilmont Forests were in the southern New South Wales area in softwoods, in, in pine, they went over to, as far as I know, there's very little active, uh, if any, MIS left because 
I think there was an amendment to the Tax Act. You mentioned mum and dad investors. For those who bought into the dream of Indian sandalwood, what does today look like for them? Yes, well, it's interesting. There were lots of uh, high net worth people. Um, I wouldn't have any idea of the profile of the investors in these schemes, but I know, if I recall, uh, you might know better than me, but I recall at one stage, Someone with these schemes, they had Daniel Ricardo and <laughs> Adam, Adam Gilchrist. Gilchrist. Yes, you're right. Yeah, as as the sort of ambassadors. And, you know, as soon as I saw that, flags went up and I thought, what's is there anything different about this Sandalwood um, operation that distinguishes it positively from all the others? And I didn't know enough about it. But that point that's on that article that you sent me the link to is, uh, the Quintus uh, operative was quoted, I think, as saying that anything that's, that's supply-driven like this is bound to run into problems because wasn't there a stat in there that the market price or spot price had fallen it's, 50%? It's fallen by 50%, and if they were to yeah. harvest what was set to be harvested yes. next year, they, they flood yeah. a market that already can't handle it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And... And, I think, and is that a similar story? I mean, we've got a company here that went and planted 12,000 hectares of trees to yes. eventually realise the market's not there for it. That's right. And I think the other thing that struck me was the absolute lack of federal government oversight to make sure... Yeah, you know, the, the, the paradox here, Matt, would be, you know, if you've got a self-managed super fund... It gets audited. There's all sorts of inbuilt oversight to make sure that people don't do totally stupid things. But um, in the case of the staggering sums of money that were going into MIS schemes, there was never any um, federal government oversight to say we're going to have an audit process. So, for example, if Blogs Investments wants to put blue gums here or TFS want to put sandalwoods here, there's got to be a bit of due diligence scoping done by an independent government body because we are the ones granting the uh, tax breaks. And um, that was totally absent as far as I know. Sam Payton, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Matt. Bye. Sam Patton, he's an agricultural valuer and consultant. If you're tuning in, this is The Country Hour. And we're talking Indian sandalwood trees in northern Australia. It looks like a lot of them are about to get the chop, with Quintus announcing it will wind up all of its managed investment scheme projects. As mentioned, a lot of this timber is in the Ord Valley of the Kimberley region in far north WA. David Menzel is a grower in the Ord. He's also the Shire president. He spoke to Belinda Varischetti just a short time ago. Yeah, I guess at a local level we, we were quite concerned about the way they were travelling and and uh, I guess the sooner these decisions are made, the better chance of investors and, and landowners getting any monies that are owing. So, yeah, I think the timing is probably good with the cotton industry just around the corner and obviously, yeah, the sooner it's sorted out, the better. What are the implications for farmers and landholders in the region then, David, what, how are they connected to Quintus and its projects? 
Yeah, so Quintus have been both a landholder and a, a, a major leasee of, of land in the Ord Valley in particular. So many farmers over, you know, since the sugar industry really have benefited from leasing to the Sandalwood companies and that's given a, a steady income. We're just in the beginning of um, a new era with cotton coming in. So the trees have filled in a gap in the meantime and um, I think we'll be we'll be quite grateful to have that land back and available for a cotton industry. We're hearing some concerns from uh, the community in the Ord that there haven't been payments made for the leases. Are you also hearing that, that the last payment that was due, I think in September, for some farmers, that hasn't been paid? Yes, certainly I'm hearing the same stories and that's a concern, I think. Uh, certainly, I know some of the suppliers have been paid, but maybe some of the landowners haven't. That's what I'm hearing. So, again, the sooner the, the administrator gets in there and tidies things up, the better chance everyone's got of coming out with something and hopefully coming out with everything they wrote. The other concern that I'm hearing uh, today too is that there are some farmers who have trees on their property and are now concerned about, you know, what happens to those trees, you know, if they're not going to be harvested and then the rehabilitation of those areas to be able to grow, as you said, David, other things like cotton, for example. Yeah, that's a major concern because there's a you know, a, a a farm full of trees like you've seen in the south with blue gums or any other timber trees, it's a heck of a liability on the land. Uh, getting rid of that, you know, many thousands of dollars a hectare of work to, to try and get those trees out and get that land ready again for intensive farming. So there's a fair way to go then with this. The announcement just late yesterday afternoon from Quintus about winding up all of its managed investment scheme projects and then sort of the the flow-on effect of that for the farmers in the community? Uh, it's not exactly the Christmas present everyone was looking for, but I guess, as I said before, the sooner it's, the sooner it's sorted out, it, it was looking a little bit inevitable anyway. Uh, the sooner it's sorted out, the better chance everyone's got of, of coming out of this um, with, you know, some sort of... Um, or with the least financial pain, I guess. But, yeah, it's it's not looking particularly attractive at the moment given there's thousands of hectares of trees here and that's that's a lot of work, just having the capacity to clear that land and get it back into production. Is, that's going to take two or three years, I would imagine, even if they made a full-on attempt at it. And how many farmers, landholders affected, do you think, David? I mean, do you have a, any idea about that? Oh, look, there's not that many of us up here, um, but the, the, there must be six to 12. It's that sort of number, but it's a significant portion of the land. You know, stage one of the odds, we say it's 15,000 hectares. So, you know, if it's three or so thousand hectares in the odd, that's a significant chunk of this land that's um, going to be impacted and need sorting out. And with a decision like this to wind up those managed investment scheme projects with the Sandalwood, do you think there's much of a future for the industry in the Ord following a decision like this? I, I probably don't, to be honest. I think the land's too valuable. Uh, there's probably some other lands that are less valuable, haven't got that high infrastructure cost attached to them. 
you know, we've got a fully fully developed irrigation system here and lots of overheads. So I think they'll find there might be, you know, some of those territory operations might be a, a better opportunity to make a return. I think um, people I talk to in the industry who've been there for a long time, there's certainly um, the product grows well and, and there is a market there, but I think going from a very little supply to a, a large supply of sandalwood oil probably has been a bit of a shock to the market and haven't come to terms with that either. So returns are possibly not what was being anticipated. And this could be then the, the final nail in the coffin for sandalwood in the ord. Is that what you're saying? Well, let's see how they go. They might have a different, I think so much of it's about the financial structures and and not the agronomic um, practices. So there may be some better financial structures there that allow um, for the production of some sandalwood, but I'm, I'm certainly expecting that the demand from the the um, landowners will be for them to get their land back and, and get into the cotton industry and, and the corn, corn industry. Uh, I think that will probably outprice the sandalwood. And look, it's got to be acknowledged, timber and these you know, decades-long industries. It's just enormously difficult to finance these things. And I'm not sure that anyone's got the perfect model for doing that. Um, certainly a, an annual crop is a lot easier to manage the financials on. 